We continue the conversation here. Last week, Thursday, was International Road Maintenance Day. And, of course, it focuses on the challenges around the impact, uh, around road maintenance, rather, and what the impact of that is more holistically on the country. Philip Hendricks is the president of the South African Road Federation and joins me on the line now. Mr. Hendricks, good morning to you. Uh, morning, Cathy. Thank you very much for hosting the South African Road Federation. Of course, the issue of roads is, you know, one of those topics that if you want to get South Africans almost collectively outraged, you just need to bring it up and you will hear all of these horrific stories <laughs> about the state of our roads. Um, your own view as the f- Federation of, uh, of, of Roads in this country about where we are. Thank you very much, uh, Cathy. So, look, I'm from the South African Road Federation, and we've been in existence for about 70 years, um, founded in 1950, a non-profit organization, and really dedicated to the promotion of the road industry in South Africa. So it's all about dissemination of information, promotion of sound policies, a lot of education and training, and, and we have members from both the public and the private sector, about 300. And we put out this statement on Thursday looking at where, where are we as a country. And it was really looking at the lens, you know, glass half full. So it was, we, we have some valid concerns as road users, and I'm a road user myself, and there are a lot of challenges. But it was also around some of the good work that is taking place. But there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, and, and it was with that in mind that we, we put out the statement last Thursday. Let's talk about these areas that you say there they, they has been good done. Perhaps uh, begin with there because, of course, the bulk of the, of the conversation might lend itself to focusing on everything else that's not going right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about, and, and I understand, you know, there'll be a lot of discussion about the potholes, but we're not in a position as a country to continue to put money into fixing those potholes because, you know, that's a symptom of the problem. We need to understand every single road authority needs to really understand their network, have good people in place that are trained to understand the deterioration of, of roads and approach, you know, road maintenance in what we call preventative road maintenance. So in other words, make sure that we do corrective maintenance when the time is required so that we don't have to repair the, the bottles. So, you know, some of the good things that have happened There is, for example, a rural road asset management system grant that has been implemented in all of our district municipalities across all the provinces. And and it's all around helping our road authorities putting in place good systems, road asset management systems, collecting the data, prioritizing the roads, which ones need to be maintained. And, of course, also the critical issue about training our young professionals and, and building them up into the industry. We've also got things like the Provincial Roads Grant, Maintenance Grant, and a significant amount of money has gone into regraveling at our provincial levels. Um, and if you look at, you know, 2021-22, uh, it's about $13 billion that has been set aside for that. And then, of course, there's also our, our national roads, and Sanral has just let out some amazing road maintenance projects in, for example, Erkuleni, Johannesburg, and Swanee. Uh, so there are, Cathy, some good things happening, uh, but there's still a lot to be done. 
Is the problem the fact that in, in, in trying to address some of these problems, there's often a backlog where the issues are concerned and therefore even where there are resources that are being allocated towards addressing some of these issues, very seldom are they able to cover the, the complete, you know, area of problems that are being faced. And, and therefore, from a resident's perspective, it always feels like, um, you know, officials are working from the back foot. That, that's correct. And that's why we're promoting, you know, the use of good information and good systems. How big is our problem? And making sure that, that maintenance being put into the right areas. You know, when, when we talk about backlogs, Kathy, there have been a number of studies. What is, what is the level of, of backlog in the country? Mm. And um, the Committee of Transport Officials published a report in, I think it was 2014. And, and the backlog then was about 197 billion rand. Uh, there's been subsequent work. Uh, done by the University of Cape Town. In 2019, they published a, a, a paper. And then the backlogs were close to about 400 billion. But the issue is, without a system, without knowing mm. what we have and how it's deteriorating, we won't have good access and know where we are. And, and so that, that's part of the problem. You're dead right. Of course, often we also have community members who point to the fact that the service providers that are often given the work to either build completely new roads or to come and repair um, existing roads that are in, you know, in a state of, 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 of dysfunction, really, that the quality of workmanship being done there is also the problem. Definitely, and, and one of the big issues, of course, is training, training, training. And, and, of course, as a South African Road Federation, it is one of our mandates. And that's why when we put out the article, you know, we, we were pleading with the road authorities to make sure that the providers are adequately trained, but also that they continue the professional development and training programs to up, upskill their own people. So in the Road Federation, since since. 2016, we've trained about 850 road officials in, um, in correct road maintenance procedures, and we have about five or six of those courses currently running. And are you finding that they're, being, they're, they're actually beneficial? Very beneficial. We've, we've had excellent feedback, and uh, so, you know, happy to, to assist any of the road authorities. Let me go to the phone lines. Peter Wiley, you're calling us from Makanda. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, Look, I heard your comments earlier on radio, and unfortunately I'm not with the radio, but I heard some of the conversation now because uh, your producer kindly phoned me back. Mm. Look, uh, uh, as far as training goes, I really think it's up to the person who's going to do the repairs to the road to train himself. Nobody trained me uh, in the, the two trades that I'm qualified as. I had to train myself as a motor mechanic, and I, my wife had to pay for me to train as a farmer. But what should actually happen with the repair to potholes, because um, Grandstown is just as bad as what you described Johannesburg to be. And, in fact, they should have really called it the pothole city because it really is almost impossible to drive mm-hmm. some of the streets. And the same in a lot of uh, towns throughout the cities throughout the country. So what should actually happen is that there, there should be... Uh, uh, a, a, a note made well, how do I put this the person should take responsibility for repairing the pothole and there should be a schedule done in other words there should be a time phase in other words if they fix a pothole they should decide whether it's going to last 
uh, a day or two, as you as you put it with Johannesburg, or if it's going to last 10 years. And they should make a decision on the type of materials to be used there. And if it doesn't last, they should hold the person to account. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, there's got to be privatization of the repair to potholes, etc. Mm. And then they'd have qualified contractors doing it. But you can't just give jobs to people who are not prepared to train themselves, are not competent, and they're not held to account. Yeah, look, look, Peter, like I mean, it, it's it's such a difficult thing to expect people to, to train themselves, especially when they well, don't have prior knowledge to, to what they, they to well, what needs well, to well, go okay, into it. But then, in, in fact, they've got to serve what I did as an apprenticeship. Mm. And on-job on training is what should take place. But then the other thing I'd like to say is that on the radio, what you should do is run a program, and it's a very serious problem, of exactly how to fix a pothole because a lot of people are going to have to do it themselves just as i did this weekend and i can yeah. if you give me a chance to send you the photographs i actually mixed the concrete myself and i concreted the the mm. drain next to my house which continually had grass growing into the cracks and i did it myself so this country has reached the stage where people sure. who are public spirited mm. will have to do it themselves and you'll have to run a program. It's happening in Grahamstown. Certain people are, have got permission to fix potholes themselves. Mm, mm. So you'll have to run a program of exactly what materials to use and how to set about doing it because there are competent people around and there are public-spirited people who would like to take part in this. Mm. If you want to live in the country, you're going to have to do something to, to make it worthwhile living here. Uh, Am P I right or wrong? Yeah, P Peter, that's actually you know a, a, a great way of looking at it. I know that a number of people, uh, I personally would also want to be able to do that because sometimes you want to stop on the side of the road and just pour a bit of sand into it you know, so that cars don't get damaged and the risk of, of creating accidents is not increased. But I'll hear what Philip has to say about that in a moment. Before I go to Philip, Anise, you're calling us from Valcom. Good morning. Morning, morning. How are you? All right. Thank you, sir. Um, thank you, thank you for to give me a chance to make a comment. Eh? Mine is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to be hearing a completely different view. Um, I decided to make this comment following your statement. You made a statement saying uh, job back road and they've got portals, the status are bad and uh, we are not, uh, we are so called the first old African city. Uh, I don't know if you remember your comment. Yes, yes, I so, remember that. Yes, I'm telling You're you. You're paraphrasing, but go for it very quickly. And yes, I'm, I'm telling you the problem with we South Africans. I'm not originally from South Africa, but I don't know. When you make that comment, I want to know how many countries have you visited apart from South Africa, here in Africa. Most of people that are intervening, I don't think they've gone beyond South Africa. I've been in most of countries in Africa here, even overseas and so on. I'm telling you, we don't know what you have. And you say, I, I think I, I think it's it's really besides the point, right? You can't say, um, you know, uh, a, a, a pupil has done well by getting 50% because the rest of the class got 33%, you know? No, the, bar, I, the bar should still be 80%. We should I all be striving for that level of excellence. I agree with you. When you say which first uh, old African country uh, city we have, I wonder, I want to know which one. I, no, I, 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 and, and he said, let, let me help you. I said, I said that I'm not sure about this concept of Johannesburg being a world class African can city. I, can I and answer? I said, can when I you see, when you see the potholes, there's I'm nothing world you. class, world can class. I, 
But what was here and there in Johannesburg, I agree. I wish you could have visited any other African country. You won't see any pothole here if we've done so. So I've been all of most of African, African country. Our, our roads are bad in our level here. But just jump the border. I've been to many countries I can name so, you. And, and, and you There's say, nothing you and can you compare say, with. And, and, and so unfortunately, even my, even my experience of other countries that I've been to on the continent does not change my view. I still hold that view. And I've been to several countries on the continent as well. And so, uh, again, you you are allowed to, to have your opinion, but I still don't agree with you. I still think that we should be holding ourselves to a better standard and that we should see service delivery on some of the basic issues that contribute towards the functioning of our economy. Um, let me bring in Philip Hendricks here. Philip, perhaps you can respond yes. to what the first caller said and uh, yes. maybe even what Anise is saying, that maybe we're expecting too much because it's it's worse out there. So we should be grateful that we even have tar on our roads. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you, Cathy. Look, in terms of Peter's comments, I can hear you know frustration um, and I know, you know everybody public wants to assist. Um, I think there, there are a couple of things for me. You know, the first thing is not every authority has internal staff doing this. They appoint service providers, and they need to ensure that, you know, the skill level, uh, the background in terms of projects that they've done, their capability is sound before appointing, appointing those individuals. Um, and the second thing where they do it internally is to make sure that they've got the right training regime and, and that that their workers are adequately equipped to fix those potholes. I think, secondly, the, the thing that would worry me if I'm, if I'm a road authority and allowing, you know, the public to fix potholes is, of course, the legal responsibility. There's a legal responsibility um, that, that the road authorities have to provide a safe road. Uh, so that, that Cathy, would, would worry me. Just coming back to, to the last caller, and uh, look, you know, you are the experiences all around the world. And, and even in the USA, many of their cities, they've got a pothole problem, right? And they're all faced with limited state city budgets, understaffed departments. Um, and yes, it's a worldwide trend, but we can expect better. And I do think what we've put out is, listen, going along the road of training, getting our annual reports by our road authorities, getting the correct data will put us in a much better state. What is, sure. Sorry to come in there, Philip. But yeah, no, no what, what is the impact of poor roads on economic activity in the country? Very briefly for me. Well, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's going to prevent people from getting to jobs. It's going to take a lot longer. Um, you know, vehicle operating costs is going to be a problem for our road users. Things like delays, loss of productivity. Um, and then also... Poor road maintenance, of course, Kathy, causes CO2 emissions. But I think one of the other things, of course, is, and I've alluded, alluded to this, is the issue of, of safety. Uh, we had road 2019, uh, 12,500 road deaths in the country. 700 of those could be attributed to poor road maintenance mm. with an economic impact of about $3.5 billion. So those are just some of the things that, that will impact you know, the economy moving forward. 
Philip Hendricks is the president of the South African Road Federation. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Philip. It's just gone 11 o'clock. Utsile Saku standing by with your latest news. And uh, of co- after this, we're going to be looking at the state of South Africa today. How do we capitalize on our freedom? What is it that we as ordinary South Africans can be doing in the midst of some of the despair that, that we are saying? So uh, some different opinions. Opinions lined up for you after this.